Hi, I'm Alul. Sup, I'm Boo. Yeah, I'm Alul. This is the voice of Canberra youth. And this is the voice of Multicultural Youth. The show about multiculturalism, diversity, sharing experiences, and achieving goals. Stay tuned for our wonderful interviews and good music for you to enjoy. You are listening to the Multicultural Youth Program on 2XFM. Live Thursday, 6 till 7 p.m. Hi guys, welcome to 98.3. You're listening to Bo. Molula just joined us. Um, today we're going to be interviewing two people. Uh, Donny Dusta and... Uh, Gully. And Gully. Um, we're going to interview them about their background. Uh, the, let them introduce them a little bit. Let them talk about themselves. And yeah, mostly that. And then, uh, and then later on, we'll have some of hear about uh, what Canberra's got to say about multiculturalism from your interviews. Yeah. Hi guys, welcome back. Um, uh, we've just made a website about our show, Two Double XFM. Um, you can request us and give us some comments if you need to. They don't always have to be positive. You can uh, go negative to uh, so we can improve. Give us uh, things we don't know very well. Yeah. Yeah, search it up on Twitter, two double XM, uh, capital space M Y, uh, then radio. It's two double X, my radio dot com. No, no dot com. Just two double X M Y radio on Twitter. Ah. Uh, anyone with a Twitter account will know what? how to use it better than us. <laughs> how about the Facebook one? Facebook, yeah. Facebook, go to two uh, double X multicultural youth radio, and that should bring up the page for you. Yeah. And uh, and there's all of our uh, all of our status updates there. We'll go live to our Twitter Twitter feed, so yeah. you can stay tuned twenty four seven to exactly what Mo Will is doing <laughs> in his uh, budding soccer career, or what Mo Will is doing um, in his academic career. Yeah. Cool. Should we? Uh, sh- uh, we're going to interview Den Danny Dustina. Um, could you introduce yourself? Tell us a bit. Sure. Well, just thank you for inviting me on the show. Um, my name is Danny Dusta. I'm originally from England, so um, my dad is Iranian and my mother's English, so I'm half half caste. And um, and uh, my family, uh, I was born in Cyprus, um, but they left when I was three years old, so I don't really have much memories of it. We moved to Oxford in England, um, which is in the south of England, close to London. And um, so that's where I was raised and brought up and where I did my schooling um, up to the age of 18. Um, so, yeah, so obviously I've got that mix of having Iranian English, but obviously because I've lived in England most of my life, I haven't actually visited Iran. So um, I'm always trying to come up with the, you know, from different backgrounds, always trying to figure out who you really are. So I feel, I guess, more English than Iranian, um, but I still like to have those Iranian traditions, like eating Iranian cuisine. Um, my mum mom makes, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, could you tell us how about England? Sure. Um, well, England, um, obviously, I've spent a lot of time in Oxford, which is more of the traditional kind of city um, compared to London. Um, so it's very, like, lots of old buildings. Um, the weather isn't very good. That's normally one of the things people don't like about England. Um, but generally, it's a very international place, places like London especially, um, has people from very, like, like Australia is becoming as well now. Um, England's got a very diverse range of people, which is always good. Um, 
And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I like it a lot. But um, for London, I only moved to London, uh, which is obviously the big city, um, when I went oh. to university. Um, so, yeah. So, so how did your family come to be in, in Oxford? Um, and, and how did you start in Cyprus? Yeah, well, my, my, my family, they're of the Baha'i faith religion. And um, my parents were initially pioneering in Cyprus. Um, again, they were working out there, but also just to help the Baha'i community out in Cyprus. Um, and then they stayed there for five years. But while they were there, they actually set up a, a publishing company, a book publishing company. Um, and, you know, after like the first three years of setting up, they found it quite hard to run the business from Cyprus. So they actually decided to move to Oxford in England. Um, and it's quite famous for, you know, the University of Oxford, which is like a prestigious university. And there's other publishing houses there. So, yeah, that's, that's basically why we moved to Oxford. Mm. So did you study in Oxford? Um, I studied in school. So I did uh, what they have, like, GCSEs and A-levels at high school. Yeah. Um, so I did all that studying in Oxford. And then for university, I um, before university, I took, obviously, a, a gap year or a year of service, they call it. Um, and then after that, I studied uh, in London uh, at a place called Imperial College. Um, well, what was the experience like in uni? Um, it was really good. It was uh, a lot of work. Um, so it was very different from school. Um, but, um, you know, it was very different. Just I think university is important. Just uh, the difference between school and university is good just because you get to move out away from the family. Not everyone has the opportunity, but if you do, I'd strongly recommend it. Um, just because it gives you that extra life experience. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it has a whole different dynamics. You start living on your own, um, you know, having to cook for yourself or eat ready-made food, whatever, you know. <laughs> so, um, no, definitely it's a great experience, university. Yeah. What did, what did you study at uni? Um, I studied computer science. Um, from a young age, I was interested in computers. And um, I felt like there was really no other subject I wanted to study. So, um, you know, when I was about 13, I was interested in websites and creating websites. And um, so I just thought, you know, from then on, I'd rather at school study the more maths and science-based subjects so I can go and do something like computer science. Um, so, yeah, I was just fascinated by computers, and I felt, you know, I like programming and all those kind of things. And and video games, and I'd like the idea of creating video games. So I thought, what better subject to study than computer science? So. What is computer science? Um, well, it's, it covers quite a broad range of subjects. I mean, like, it, it basically, it's understanding how computers work. Um, so that includes the hardware element of it, how it's built, um, like from processors and memory chips, um, all the way to software, which is how, like, programs and applications that me and you use, um, like, or even just creating websites like Facebook. Um, so we learn how to how basically computers work, you know, ba based on programming languages. Um, so yeah, it's quite interesting. If you're interested in video games and like how they work, you know, we learn all these things about how they program it, how the graphics are made. Um, but yeah, it covers a wide range of topics. Yeah, what kind of things do you want to achieve in this? Um, I mean, for me, I, I just I was more interested in the visual aspect. So, for example, at the end of my university, we got to undertake like a final year project, and I did something called augmented reality application, which is for most people they don't know what that is. It's similar to if they understand virtual reality, but it combines like the virtual with the real world, um, and it's something I enjoy. You know how to interact, and computers are always advancing, and I think you know as time goes on, technology is getting more and more important. And I think if anything, it connects the world. I mean, with the the internet, I mean. I mean, everyone's become a lot more unified, a lot more easily being able to communicate with people. So definitely, it's making life a lot more convenient. I'd say. And so after once, so that took you about four years or so. Yeah. And uh, and in that time, you did a master's as well. You said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then afterwards, you went. Um, what what did you do with it? Did you go and start creating? 
games and and what, f- yeah. Facebook sites or um, well, I mean, a lot of my friends back at university they were very entrepreneurial, so we did we did try and create other websites similar to Facebook, trying to compete with other different things. But um, I think Facebook's too big to compete with them. We created a, like a social network, but that didn't work out. Um, but stuff that I did afterwards, I guess, in terms of jobs, um, I went to work uh, as part of the degree. We had to do six months work placement. So I think it's definitely a good thing if you're while you're studying at university to get a work placement. Um, so it's where you work for a company in between your studies. So I did a six month placement at uh, an investment bank, um, but within the technology side. So I got to you know program, um, you know coding software while I was there for six months. And I think that was really good. That was like my first serious job, mm-hmm. um, and it was a way to you know everything you learn from university you can actually put into practice and obviously make money while you're there um, which is always good um, and so I know I found it very interesting it gives you that whole different dynamic learning about what an investment bank is um, how your program affects like the traders making money for the bank um, so yeah I mean that's everyone went into different areas some people went into you know the video games industry and they learned how to make video games some people work for banks a lot of people work for banks. And, um, you know, it depends what area you're interested. Some went into research labs to come up with the latest technology. So you can, yeah, you can, you know, work from a different range of experiences. Uh, do you want to make a video game of your own? Um, I would like to. They're very hard, especially these days with the graphics. Um, they, you know, they can cost millions of dollars, as you know, to make the latest games like Call of Duty, whatever games you've been playing. That it takes a lot of people to make. I've made smaller games. I've made, uh, like, mobile phone applications for myself, <laughs> um, like card-based games on, on my mobile um, in Java. Something very simple, but it's very enjoyable. I like that I can program something and then create it and I can show it off to my friends. And it is a bit geeky, but people will find it funny. So. <laughs> Look, yeah, that's, that's a reputation that com- you know, computer scientists have yeah. as being complete nerds. Is it, is it true? Uh, are, you, uh, are you a nerd at heart and are all your mates geeks? I think for most people that is true. I think there are a lot of geeks, but I think there's nothing wrong with being a geek. And to be honest, anything you do within the sciences, you're always going to have that element of being geeky. But it's good. It means you're just passionate about you know, certain things. Um, but I would have to say there are a lot of people like me, not a geek, and you can just they're very sociable people, but they have an interest in computers. Um, so definitely I wouldn't not do a subject just because there's lots of geeks because there's always the cool kind in every, wherever you go. So. <laughs> but I was, you, you said that you tried creating something, you know, some social networking tools and you, you yeah. mentioned Facebook. I'd just be interested from your, your perspective as a computer scientist, is, uh, is Facebook the... Because, I mean, my will, you use Facebook, don't you? Yep. Bull? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I know my well who's not here. Well, he's not here today because he's busy on Facebook. But um, it's you know it's, is is it the be all and end all of social networking? I don't know. I mean, to be honest, Facebook has got extremely big. I mean, they're saying now it's past the five hundred million users mark, which is huge. Um, but then, I mean, you've got other sites like Twitter coming out from... I know it's been around for a while, but only recent, in the last few years, it's come really big. So I think that, I mean, they've shown that there's still areas for, you know, markets where people like, you know. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I think in terms of competing with Facebook, it's quite hard. I think they've got definitely a good mark hold. And I think half of just having a Facebook is knowing that so many people are on it. So when you join, all your friends are there. Mm. Um, so I think it's good that there's one place where everyone can socialize and find out what their friends are doing and, you know, reconnect with old friends. Um, whether they can, you know, I'd, I honestly, I'd, I'd love to know how long it's going to be around, but as long as the internet's, you know, still in play, I think people will be using Facebook. Um, but yeah, with the internet, it's always changing. So there'll always be new websites coming out. But for now, I think social networking's overtaken just purely because they're all constantly adding new features, constantly finding new ways to, you know, engage with the audience. 
Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Facebook, definitely. Mm. Have you ever worked on like any anything big? Like, um, I mean, out, out, outside of cr- trying to create the next social network um, or working on my augmented reality application, um, nothing else really. I mean, yeah, I think people, a lot of people from my course have tried to use their skills to create other things. Like, for example, the iPhone now. Um, I'm not sure how many people have an iPhone. It's getting increasingly popular. Um, I have a close friend who's actually, um, you know, left his job and gone to create just a, a company that just designs applications for iPhones. Um, there's a big market, and when you make an application, you can access, like, millions of people with the, using the App Store. So yeah. there's definitely, yeah, lots of possibilities. Yeah. Um, do you think... Um aspects of our lives is generated by computers uh aspects of our lives would do, you yeah uh, do, do you think that like every every part of our life is now governed by computers governed by you guys by what you do no or I don't by think... this generation in particular i mean i think people have always had like concerns about technology taking over and you got all these sci-fi films about robots controlling everyone and then destroying mm-hmm. humanity I, I don't think that that's not going to happen um i mean on, in a realistic sense are we is like technology i would say is taking up a large amount of our time definitely mm-hmm. i mean i think for most people they can comfortably say they they're spending like more time on the internet now than watching tv you know mm-hmm. especially sites like facebook that is so addictive going on every day <clears throat> i wouldn't say it's governing our lives i'd like to think it's helping our lives um, there's lots of things, just even watching clips on YouTube, like reconnecting like when the events occur in Iran or Haiti or things like these. I, I'd like to think it's helping us, whether it's donating money or just, you know, like educating the mass, like Wikipedia and stuff like that. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't think it's governing lives now. And what does it mean for multicultural and diversity? Um, well, for me, I would say, um, like what we were talking earlier is, um, just, you know, where, you know, a place where people can, from all different backgrounds, uh, you know, you know, respect each other and live as one, essentially. Um, I think coming, you know, being diverse. Yeah, in terms of, in terms of computer, like they're kind of, you know, all these, these different parts of our life being, you know, being, uh, centralised and the net and all these social networking tools. Yeah, um... Well, what, what, in terms of its diversity, like... Yeah, well, I mean, do you think it's bringing, uh, do you think it's got a positive role to play in... Definitely. I don't know, breaking down barriers, or is it, is it going to lead to, I don't know, to the end of of different cultures? No, no, I mean, I don't, I don't think we'll all become one culture. I think definitely it's helping in the sense that it's making people aware of different cultures, Mm. um, like, like I was saying, like learning about, you know, different events occurring. You can see now with even the Haiti uh, you know, track you just played there, um, stuff like that is what I like about the internet, where, you know, we can all um, watch this YouTube clip, donate money to it, um, and realise that actually we are all from the same family. And if anything, the internet is helping us become more aware of the different cultures. Um, so, yeah, no, I think it's great. I think it's, it's only going to help. And st- sites like Facebook, where it's connecting us from people from all around the world, um, is, is what's going to help, you know, humanity grow, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you think, like, if there was no technology, would you think our lives would be better? The Earth would be, like, more environmentally and all that? No. <laughs> I mean, you're talking to someone that studied computer science. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I'd like to think technology is always going to help. Obviously, with anything humans create, it can always be used for good and bad. Um, so, I mean, 
as technology is helping the military, you know, for example, like could be seen in a bad way to some. Um, but I'd like to think that overall having technology is more useful, like whether it's simple things like being able to go to an ATM or use a card at paying for things or being able to go online and shop. I, hopefully I'd like to think it's creating more convenience for humans than working against us. But like I said, everything can be used for good and bad. Uh, do you think technology is like can has a lot more av- inv- advancing or... Is it going to stop oh, at a certain point? Hopefully, it'll always advance. Yeah, I mean, I think humans, are, uh, like, oh, like this, like I said, there's loads of research labs currently. You know, there's always people, and there's a lot of money involved, obviously. So I think, you know, as I mean, there's always be continuing advancements, whether it's things are getting faster or new advancements in travel. I think technology will always, there'll always be room for, you know, creating the next new technology. Definitely, mm-hmm. I don't think the internet's where it ends. <laughs> Without technology, how long do you think uh, humans would survive? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, sw- we survived before technology. I don't think that's going to stop us. How long do you think you'd survive, my little? Oh, A day? <laughs> well, that is it's true. I mean, like, for us, we're so used to it that I think if now if we, if we take it away, I think there will be problems, definitely. Yeah, you have to do no elevators, no, no, yeah. No, no copying your homework off the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, guys, welcome back to 98.3. You're listening to the Multicultural Program. Um, we're interviewing Denny. Uh, uh, short recap, he came from England. Studies <laughs> uh, uh, computer science. Computer science. And, yeah. Uh, so now we're going to move on to your background. Yeah, I mean, well, basically... Um, after I finished, uh, I told you I studied in uh, Oxford up to the age of 18. Um, before I want to, wanted to go to university, I wanted to take a year off, um, not so much as a holiday and a break from school, but also just to uh, do some volunteer work. Uh, and I wanted to, like, travel around, see, see parts of the world and gain more life experience. Um, so... Um, uh, my, my, like I said, my parents are of the Baha'i faith religion. Um, so just to give you a bit of a background of that, um, to, before I talk about my volunteer work, is essentially uh, we believe in all the major religions come from the same one God, um, and we believe in two messengers of God have come after Muhammad uh, from Iran about 160 years ago. Um, essentially, we believe in peace, justice, unity of mankind. And um, and one of the things as a, growing up in a Baha'i family is um, the encouragement of people before going to university to take what they call a year of service, which is mean well um, before going to university they take a year just to do any volunteer work. They don't necessarily have to travel um, to another place. You can do it in the community you're from. Um, but I'd like I wanted to obviously go somewhere else and just do some volunteer work. So um, yeah, I mean uh, why I guess I wanted to go to India is because they have a Baha'i house of worship, which is a, a like a, a temple. Um, they call it the Lotus Temple in India because it's actually the building is in the shape of a lotus temple like a lotus flower and um, I wanted to go just for I did uh, three months uh, volunteer work there Um, and they have a very good program where volunteers from around the world um, people from Canada America I met people from Australia um, friends even I met uh, that I'm visiting now actually it's because I met um, back in 2004 when I was in India Um, so you build very good friendships while you're over there and um, Essentially, it's a, it's a very popular place um, for people from uh, tourists go there, people, a lot of local um, from people around different places of India, they go and visit the temple. Um, essentially, um, although it is a Baha'i temple, we encourage people from all religions to come and worship the same one God inside the, the temple hall. Um, so that's why people go. And the volunteers are the ones, actually, normally around my age, when I was there, around like 18, 20, um, essentially they're you know, maintaining the temple, uh, assisting with um, people coming in, queuing up, 
up, um, giving tours, maintaining the shoes, the garden, stuff like that. So um, it's a really good experience. Um, and yeah, so that's so I was there for two months helping out there. Um, and what was the culture like? Then? Like, was it because you said you were from England? Yeah. Uh, what was the culture experience? I mean, it was very, very different. I think from people from you know Western countries like England, Australia, America, and Canada, I think for them that was very different. Um, you know anywhere in Asia, but specifically India, I found um, very extreme, very crazy, uh, lots and lots of people, more than the, the cities you're used to, and obviously speaking a different language, um, very different traditions, you know, um, but they're very nice people, and that's, and I think there's definitely, when you get there, you do get a lot of culture shock, what they call when you get there, just because it is so different from what you're used to. Um, and just, just things like, for example, that, you know, they have extremes of poverty and extremes of wealth as well. Um, it's also a shock to see when you go out on the streets, you see, like, street, like really rich mansions and some parts of Delhi, and then you go to other places, like, right around the corner, and there's people, like, begging on the streets. And it's very hard to, like, especially if you're used to growing up in the West, to go and see that kind of extreme um, side of life. But that is reality in India. So, yeah, definitely very, very hard to come by. And how did you end up in Australia? Um, well, for Australia, it's just um, I'm just visiting uh, for a few for a few months. Um, actually, from the friendships I made while I was in India, um, I met Golly, and she's here today as well. She can talk a bit about India if you want to Hi. ask her questions. Um, but yeah, I met um, a lot of friends. Uh, like I said, the lot came from Australia. So I'm actually, even though it's been six years since I was in India, I'm I'm still you know keep very good strong friendships through you know Facebook and Skype. And obviously, when you go traveling back to those countries, I've met up with other people that were on my gap here. Um, so yeah, just visiting friends. In India, did you have to try and learn the language? Or? Yeah, I, I mean, again, I think because I was working at the temple, um, English, it gets you somewhere in Delhi, but generally people come from all over and on the whole they, they speak Hindi, which is the, the main language. Yeah, Gully, so your views on India are pretty much yeah. the same as, as Danny's, did you? Yeah, definitely, like, you do get shot, like, especially with um, the culture there and um, there's so many colours, like, it's that's the first thing you'll notice about India. Also, the smell, but um, but actually you grow to like it. It's kind of weird, actually. But, um, but yeah, there are definitely What do you, what do you mean, the smell? Well, it doesn't... It's not too pleasant, the smell, when you first got off the airplane, especially when you're coming from somewhere like Australia. Like, you're not used to... And the climate's very humid, and so, I mean... But I say the smell, but, I mean, it's really not that bad, and, like, the people more than make up for it and you get used to it and you actually um yeah it's just such a vibrant country both um you know physically and the people obviously the soul of it and it's one of the only countries actually that i've traveled to that i actually miss since i've left uh well, um uh, as from australia what why, what made you want to go to india um the same reasons as danny maybe that i well at that time, I wasn't going through um, a very good time and I needed a break um, from my family and from Australia. And um, and maybe it wasn't the best reason, actually, to go do service, but I think that, um, yeah, I just I wanted a break and I also wanted to be, you know, productive in an environment that was, um, that was useful. And so, yeah, I wanted to go to the Lotus Temple and experience India and the culture and also to, you know assist in some way well did you expect india to be like so fun or when you went to go there were you like oh 
Oh uh, no, it was much, much like it's everything you think and more. Like the, I mean, honestly, like the people are mainly what makes up India. Like any country or any place you visit, mm-hmm. really. Like it doesn't really matter where you are. It's really the people that you have around you and you know what you're doing with yourself. And um, <coughs> India, yeah, definitely was one of the more brighter experiences in my life. Now, so you guys both said that you went went along. Um, to as part of the Baha'i, or to, to work yeah. in the Baha'i at the Lotus Temple. Is it just, and and Danny, you were saying before that you also you'd done some work in Tonga as well. Yeah. Now, yeah. when you go to these places, is it is it uh, purely f- uh, for the Baha'i faith or is it, uh, do you kind of have broader motivations than that? Are you guys, and then I guess like the follow-up is, are you guys, um, are you guys just missionaries or is it something <laughs> more than that? Um, like, I can see how, like, to be fair, like, I mean, when you're any, when you're part of any religion, like, it's easy to look from the outside, and, you know, even I'm sure Baha'is do it, look at, you know, missionaries or, you know, people of the Mormon faith or whoever and think, oh, they're just, like, Mormons, you know, like, going to these outskirts and trying to convert people, whatever, but it's actually... Like, when you're maybe... I mean, I don't know, I've never been a Mormon, but I'm sure, like, (laughs) um, if you're Mormon or if you're Baha'i or Christian, all these religions, like, you you realise that it's not actually like that and you you go to help the people. And, I mean, it's more... When I say help, it's, it's very an indirect kind of way of helping. I mean, I personally felt like I was missing out in the sense that I... You know, you see people... Um, on the streets in India and they're begging and you feel maybe that you could be of more service just direct you know being more directly involved but um, actually like when you think about it in a more um, broader perspective there's people that um, you know the Baha'i faith teaches unity and oneness of you mankind and you know the equality of men and women things that you know I guess in our world today you know we're lacking um and, yeah, so it's more of an indirect way of helping. Mm. Yeah, I mean, just to add to that, I would say um, I think generally why we're encouraged to do volunteer work is not just so much for, like, going to a Baha'i institution. I mean, we could volunteer anywhere. We could volunteer, at, you know, somewhere that's helping the poor or, like, feeding the, the hungry. Um, but it's, I mean, that's also why, I, I, like, I later went to Tonga um, and I was working in school teaching. So they're very different volunteer um, experiences I had. Mm. But I, it's, more, it's not, definitely, it's not just to, it's, well, it's not at all in terms of converting people, like you said, like missionaries or, you know, preaching to people, not at all. Um, I mean, there, for example, at the temple, it's more just accepting everyone as from the same family, uh, worshipping the same God. Mm. And, and so as a volunteer, you're just helping um, people raise awareness of what's out there. A lot of people don't know about the Baha'i faith, mm. and so it's a good way of showing them what it's about, and also you're showing, look, let's all come together and pray, you know. Yeah, so, and at the temple, even, like, we had, you know, something called services every... How, how often would we have that? Like, every day, like, one or a few? Yeah, we'd a have few like, a few a day, yeah. Yeah, and, um, and yeah, no, it was... It was really a good experience because we would read um, from the writings of all different religions, not just the Baha'i faith, from Christianity, from Islam, every religion in the world we had writings on so mm. and that we'd read out. So Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, that might be a good point. I mean, talking about you know, you're talking about unity and uh, and diversity. Why don't we um well, why don't we cut to some of the the interviews you did on uh, on the streets of the city, um, talking to people about multiculturalism? And what, what were the questions you asked them? Um, I asked them what multiculturalism mean to them. Um, does multiculturalism 
Uh, does it bring any challenges to them? And what's the best thing of having multiculturalism living here? I'm Armin. My dad's from Armenia, or he was born in Jordan, and my mom's heritage is from Ireland, so got the best of both worlds. Um, and I was born in Australia, but I think multiculturalism is great um, in Australia. Um, does multiculturalism bring any challenges to you? Um, yes. Sometimes there can be miscommunications in the family um, because of the, I guess, different way things run between different cultures, so sometimes it can be hard to understand the Armenian side of things. Thank you. And my mum was born in the Philippines, my dad was born in Australia, but um, in my mum's side there's Spanish and Chinese heritage, and I do believe that sometimes it does bring a bit of a cultural clash, and it brings those sort of difficulties, but... As far as multiculturalism in Australia is concerned, I believe that it brings freshness and cosmopolitan life. All right, thank you. What's well, going on radio, is it? Yeah, it's going on radio. Okay. Um, I don't know, I guess it just means a melting pot of, you know, different people, different societies, everyone living together, getting along, and and sharing, does, sharing does, quality of life. Does multiculturalism bring any challenges to you? Um, not to me personally, not at all, no. I wish our politicians would, you know, have a, get a better grip on it and, yeah. you know, multiculturalise themselves a bit more. Yeah, okay, thank you. Um, uh, what does multicultural, multiculturalism mean to me? I think it means diversity and uh, a, a excitement, a change. Um, it uh, brings uh, new challenges yeah. and new opportunities as well. So the best things about multiculturalism uh, is the different cultures, uh, different ways of viewing the world. Yeah. Uh, especially the cuisine is, is, is fabulous as well. Um, and the challenges, I suppose, are learning to live together as different cultures come together and, uh, and work out their differences and see their sameness as well. Okay, thank you. Okay. Uh, now? Yeah. <laughs> um, so what does multicultural, multiculturalism mean to me? Um, I think it's about being unified and not just um, tolerating people but being integrated and um, accepting each other as we are regardless of what our backgrounds are and yeah. Just, yeah. What's the best thing of having a multicultural? Um, in Australia? Yeah. Um, I think the best thing is obviously every culture brings um, like different aspects of like their experiences from different places and if we were just a community full of um, you know one culture like it wouldn't be very interesting you wouldn't get the beautiful foods and the beautiful um, yeah backgrounds that people offer and does what you call something any challenges to you? Um, sure, well, I'm, I have an Iranian background. I've never been to Iran, and I was born and raised in Papua New Guinea, but um, it does bring some challenges in the sense that I feel like we could be a bit more... Um, be a bit more inclusive, I guess, as a yeah. culture. And, um, yeah, like I said before, not just tolerate one another, but, you know, be more involved with each other and not, yeah have separate clicks and these things. Thank you. Um, can I interview you too? Uh, yeah, go for it. Uh, um, just the same questions I ask you. Um, well, I think obviously having a multicultural society is, is definitely a benefit. Um, 
I think it's just the f not like like um, Golly was saying. It's not just about people tolerating each other, but it's about everyone working together. Everyone has um, there's definitely more benefits for everyone working together from different backgrounds because people from different nationalities they each have something to add value. Um, whether it's um, adding traditions, adding their cuisines, people. I think it's just more interesting to live in a world where we're all unified together. Um, and then I guess with challenges, obviously. You know, people have different stereotypes from people from different backgrounds, and I guess that's one of the challenges people have to get over, you know, that we are all from the same God, we're all from, you know, the same family, and we have to work together. And I think once people get, you know, past those stereotypes, you know, I think the world will be a better place. So, yeah. Okay, thanks. Uh, hi, guys, welcome back. Uh, thanks, Danny and Golling, for tuning into our show. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Nice thanks a lot for coming. Thanks. It's good to have you. Uh, uh, yeah, these next few minutes, we have family and friends listening out, so we're going to talk uh, Dinka. A bit of Sudanese language. Sudanese language. What are you talking about? Uh, go, go, go. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I don't want to go to the school. 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 Team? Kura? Tuguluna Chipo. Huh? Tuguluna Chipo. Ah, Chipo. Tuguluna, you know? St. Francis. Oh. Yeah, they got us. Are they the blue guys? Like. Oh. Um. Uh. Go Listen, eh. Um. What about, like, you, Mama, you? God, you're rare, and then I've got the other you, Sudan, he's a book of towel. Mm, yeah. Uh, radio show can I appear because Sudanese who Kawaja Karanabin and Louis Benton, who Kagabin and Louis Unite, who appear the canoe? Uh, you do down like Facebook or Chugulo, Chanbi, Chanbina Kotacham, Chanbi, like Balawok, I in comments, like the Manwick showdown out and Yarra Kanaka Labakalwe. Mm. 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 Uh, cool. Yeah. Do you keep it up a lot? Oh, well, I don't know. Danny's is non-existent, but... Um... <laughs> yeah, my dad never spoke Persian around the house. I don't learn it, but Golly seems to understand. Farsi. I understand. Like, my main thing, I think, as to why I'm so bad at Farsi is I'm embarrassed by my accent. Like, it's really bad, let alone in English, let alone in Farsi. So, yeah, yeah I kind of sound like a Persian cowboy <laughs> <laughs> when I speak Farsi. And what about you guys? Do you guys have accents? No. No. My voice is just deep. 
Big man. And is it important to your uh, to your cultural identity, for you, Gully? You know, speaking Farsi. Um, I think it's. Well, I have never been to Iran and, you know, I, I grew up in Papua New Guinea, so my experience um, with Farsi has been really, li- like, with Iran has been really limited in general because I've never been. I mean, um, as you know, like, the Baha'is aren't, yeah, treated the best in Iran, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't been. So, yeah. so language is important then? Yeah. yeah, language is it is important. I think just because when you meet other Persians, they're so obsessed <laughs> if you speak the yeah. language or not. And what about for you, Malu? For me, yeah. what do you mean for me? Well, I mean, is it important? Like you know, do, for you, is it important to be able to speak the language to be able to uh, to you know to be able to identify with your your mum and your cousins and your oh, oh definitely, Michael? definitely. Because yeah. you would just meet a random Sudanese in the street and start talking. Yeah, and it's easier. Like when you go back to Africa. Not all of them speak English, so if you speak English, they might know, they will not know what you guys are talking about. Oh. Yeah. And that's the end of the show. Um, the Macedonian show is af- it's after this. Uh, we're going to go to some music. And thanks, guys, for coming in. Thanks for Thank having you. us. <laughs>